Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone, today I have a fellow certified integrative nutrition health coach, Jennifer Redman, who has worked in the infertility field for more than 15 years. Jennifer helps women boost their ability to get pregnant whilst being deeply supported. She helps women stay in control of their health by taking a big picture view of their wellness. So I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm excited to be here. So let's get started. Um, This episode is clearly for uh, PCOS women who have struggles with infertility. And hopefully after listening to this episode, they will um, get to know, know more solutions on how to help themselves. So how did you actually get into this whole field of helping women with infertility issues? Sure. So um, for starters, I'm a former infertility patient um, and I've worked in, like you said, I've worked in the field of infertility for more than 15 years. I started out as a writer and editor and patient educator in infertility. Um, And then I went back to school and became a coach and started coaching because I really wanted to focus more on wellness as it relates to infertility rather than just the illness piece. So as you said, um, what I do is I help women take this 360 degree view of their wellness to help boost their ability to conceive. And it's really a holistic or a whole body approach. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So um, you said that you were a former infertility patient before. So what were kind of your struggles and what did you, you know, what was the outcome of it? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, So I had unexplained infertility, which is a super frustrating diagnosis because basically, you know, your physician doesn't really know why you're not getting pregnant. Um, And so for me, that looked like um, many cycles of infertility treatment. Um, My first cycle actually ended in a miscarriage. And so I was, um, I guess I was, I'm kind of the glass half full person. And so I really thought that because that first cycle worked in that I got pregnant, that I would get pregnant um, easily with, with additional infertility treatment. And that wasn't the case for me. So I think the struggles that I had were really um, kind of universal when it comes to infertility. It's, you know, you feel like you're on a roller coaster. It's Mm -hmm. those highs and lows. Um, And just to be clear, you don't have PCOS, right? I do not. Just completely unexplained, right? No, I had unexplained, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, you know, it's uh, anxiety, it's stress, it's it's all those things that, that so many women struggle with when they're dealing with infertility, whether it's PCOS or not. So how did you, you know, manage to like solve it or overcome it? Like who did you reach out to? Yeah, so um, I actually went to a mind-body group for infertility, um, which is one of the reasons that um, when I work with clients, the mind-body piece is such an important piece. 
um, that was a real game changer for me. Mm -hmm. um, really helped my outlook, um, really helped me understand what my options were. And um, I think really just helped me overcome some of that anxiety and depression that goes along with um, an infertility diagnosis. Um, I would say that, you know, the other people that were really important in my journey were um, a fertility doctor. A, a lot of women end up um, starting fertility treatment with their OBGYN, which mm -hmm. I did because I just didn't really know any better. Um, but um, finding a really good trusted infertility doctor or reproductive endocrinologist um, someone that you feel like is a really good match for you is a really important piece of um, this fertility journey, I think. Right. And we're going to dive all, we're going to dive deep into all that later on, um, including like what kind of testing to do. Mm -hmm. So um, as for now, I also noticed that, I also know that you're a director of communications for um, an infertility association. Um, and also co-founder of Fertility Authority. So could mm -hmm. you tell us more about what those um, associations are about? Sure, so um, yeah, I was the Director of Communications for Resolve, the National Infertility Association, and I'm actually on the board of Resolve New England. And what Resolve is, is um, a group, it's a, it's a, I'm sorry, I got a little hung up on my words there. Um, what Resolve is, is a nonprofit Mm -hmm. um, that patient education, um, advocacy, and support. So they run support groups across the country. Obviously, right now, those support groups are virtual. They mm -hmm. do a lot of advocacy in infertility. And um, yeah, it's just a really great nonprofit organization. Um, and then, as you mentioned, I was the co-founder of a company called Fertility Authority. Um, and I would say that at Fertility Authority, our goal was really to be kind of like the WebMD of mm -hmm. um, infertility and fertility um, to really provide um, answers and patient education. That sounds awesome. It sounds like whatever you brought up, it's all about like kind of connecting with not only the mind body, but also like in groups. So I guess women kind of, you know, thrive off each other's support. And um, do you see like, you know, when they share their stories with one another or look for solutions, like, does that help a lot? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think um, for so many women, this is such a private struggle. Um, mm -hmm. I think less so now, but there, there has been a lot of stigma around infertility. I think that women really feel, can feel really broken, feel like, you know, my body was um, made to have a baby and I can't, or all my friends are and I can't, and they, they can kind of beat themselves up about that and get really down on themselves about it. So I think when women come together and tell their stories and support each other and, and reach out for support, it's super helpful in the journey. So what are the common myths surrounding infertility? Um, good question. So I think that um, one of the common myths is that everybody's journey is the same. And it really isn't. Just like every woman is different, every individual is different, everybody's infertility journey is going to be different. 
and you know we're all going to have different outcomes and different ways to treat it so i think that's a really big one i think another um common myth surrounding infertility is that if you already have one child you can easily have another and that's just not the case um, there is secondary infertility which is exactly mm -hmm. that you have one child and you're having difficulty having another um, and secondary infertility is one of the fastest growing infertility diagnoses that there is. And why so is I, that happening? Like, um, is it because of lifestyle or? I think it's, I, so my opinion and what I understand is that it's because of lifestyle and that it's age related. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other myth that I sort of hear a lot is that sort of your, your health doesn't impact your fertility. So, um, you know, I think that we just really have to be really thoughtful about, you know, what we put into our bodies and um, how we move our bodies. And um, just that, again, going back to that holistic view, you know, your body is, you know, different functions of your body are so interconnected. So your health absolutely does impact your fertility. Um, yeah, I'd like to expand on that. I think a lot of people think that fertility is just about timing, you know, intercourse at the right time. And of course, they have to take into account their hormones and their hormones is, you know, um, factor like impacted by their lifestyle solutions. So I guess that's what you mean by how health impacts fertility. Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about modern fertility. If you are someone who wants to get pregnant real soon, or if you're anyone in your age 20s or 30s, if you want to have kids in the next five years, if you're considering freezing your eggs, or if you suspect your hormones are imbalanced, such as if you have PCOS or if you actually went off birth control, um, I would encourage you to look up Modern Fertility. Modern Fertility is actually a comprehensive fertility hormone test for women that you can take at home. The online experience includes a physician-reviewed personalized report, access to weekly webinars, and actually a free one-to-one -one consultation with a fertility nurse. I love Modern Fertility and they are incredible because they are giving us women a super easy at home test which costs only $159 when when it is so much more expensive to go to a fertility clinic and get that same hormone test for more than $1500 so with Modern Fertility, this test actually gives you access to the information you need to help to plan ahead and navigate the world of fertility. All tests are conducted in a certified lab and Modern Fertility's team of physicians and clinical advisors lead some of the nation's top fertility clinics. With Modern Fertility, if you're currently pregnant or breastfeeding, the hormone test will not work for you. And if you're over 45 years old, this will not work for you either. I'm really excited to share with you about this test because for women with PCOS, we have a lower chance or we seem to have a lower chance of conceiving. And having this test, knowing exactly where your hormones levels are and knowing how good your egg reserve is, will actually give you a clearer mental picture of whether you can conceive or not. 
And if your chances are low, heck, you can actually kind of plan a you can plan ahead, right? You can plan two or three years ahead. So the modern fertility test will actually tell you if you have more or less eggs than average, and what you can expect from egg freezing and IVF, and actually how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, which is what one in 10 women have. And the overall result is you have a broader clarification and understanding of your general hormone health. So modern fertility, it depends, it goes on eight fertility hormones that they test. And if you aren't sure and you're not ready to buy, you can always go to modernfertility.com where you can take a quiz to receive more information about it and go straight to kind of building your own timeline tool on the website. So basically inputting your, your age and how many kids you want, and they will actually give you a timeline of when you should be thinking of conceiving in order to get the specific goal. How cool is that? And the best thing about modern fertility is that you get support from the modern community where you can find women supporting women regarding their own personal fertility journeys. I, for one, am so excited to share my modern fertility results with you. I recently got my test in the kit and I'm waiting for day three of my period to actually do the test at home and send it back to the lab. So for more information and if you're ready to dive deep and want to get your own modern fertility test kit, you can get 10% off and if you go to modernfertility.com slash nourishmel to get your kit. Once again, go to modernfertility.com slash nourishmel to get your modern fertility kit today. Okay, so that's kind of like, you know, the general myth surrounding infertility for women. So when it comes to PCOS, um, a little deeper dive, what are the common misconceptions here? Yeah, um, I'd love to get your input on this too, but mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I think the first thing is that um, kind of like infertility, you know, PCOS isn't one size fits all. I think for some people, there's an idea that, you know, if you have PCOS, you will be overweight or you'll have symptoms like acne or um, uh, hair loss. And um, everybody's different and, and everybody's, not all PCO symptoms are gonna be the same. I think another myth with PCOS is that if you have PCOS, you can't get pregnant. Um, and that's um, definitely not the case. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that I've had women tell me is that they've been told that because they have PCOS, they have to go on the pill. And again, um, that's not necessarily true. So, um, and, and as a matter of fact, you know, there are other ways to help your body ovulate regularly and to deal with hair loss and acne, um, lifestyle modifications that don't require that you go on the pill. Um, there's so, so much in there that you just mentioned that I felt like we could expand so much on. Um, you did ask me about my opinion on this, and yeah. I have to say that um, I have interviewed other PCOS women with successful um, pregnancy stories, and it's definitely, you know, kind of focusing on ovulation as the key, and then also period health. Um, I would like to say that, yes, 
not all PCOS women have the same symptoms. Like for example, I I'm not overweight and I don't have like excessive facial hair, even though I have acne. Um, and then I don't have hair loss either. But you know, someone else may have all these other symptoms. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's important to know because I think um, you know people have a certain um, idea in their head, and it may either lead them to not get a diagnosis and how to figure and, and learn how to figure it out or it just might lead them down the bat, the wrong path if they if they aren't clear on on those differentiations right and then the pill is you know it's kind of like all these OBGYNs they just learn that in medical school right if your period's irregular or you know anything that's wrong with like your hormone balance they just give you the pill um, could you actually expand a little bit more on the pill and how that affects fertility yeah so um you know i think that the reason that um well like you said you know some doctors this is what they learn in, in medical school right like that the pill can help clear up all these issues and um that when you go on the pill you'll normally get a regular cycle so um I think that um, we've learned and studies have shown that um, these lifestyle modifications like diet, exercise, managing weight um, can all help with regulating cycles that you just don't have to rely on that. Right. And then going on the pill is like, they're not actually having proper periods either. They're just, you know, they're synthetic hormones. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So. As a health coach, how do you help women increase chances of conception? I know people's ears are perking up right now. How do we address this? Yeah, so um, as a health coach, the way that I work with clients is during our first meeting, I take a really deep dive into the client's health history. So that means that not only do we talk about um, where you are if you're trying to conceive or where you are if you're not trying to conceive. So we sort of look at that reproductive health history um, as well as present and future plans. And we look at your overall health past and present as well. And then in addition to that, you know, we look at everything like sleep, lifestyle habits, um, exercise, the foods that you eat, and even hobbies and relationships, again, to get this overall view of you um, as a person. And then um, when I start working with somebody, sort of after that deep dive into the health history, we generally really start with the food piece. So what are you eating? How is that supporting your body? Or is it not supporting your body? How is it supporting your fertility or not supporting your fertility? And then once we get a good handle on that and you've established some good routines with that, then we can move on to those other areas that I mentioned, like sleep or lifestyle habits, exercise, etc. I like how everything um, you know, starts off with the food component, mm -hmm. so important. Yeah, so with regarding to, you know, the types of foods, um, I guess in this aspect, infertility not only, you know, affects the women, but I guess, you know, the partner should also be aware of 
the food intake that they um, take in. Mm-hmm. So are there like specific foods that, you know, women should kind of take note of when they're trying to conceive? So the types that they should, I'm sorry, the types that they should eat or the types that they should not eat? Um, good question. The types that they should eat. Should. And is that for fertility or PCOS or both? Mm, for both. For both. Okay, sure. Yeah. So um, again, it's all individual. You know, someone might be um, vegetarian or vegan or, you know, have certain um, dietary needs. But in general, um, studies have shown that a diet higher in plant protein than animal protein is better. Um, you really want to focus on fresh, whole foods. Um, a diet that's high in fruits and vegetables. Um, dark leafy greens have a ton of nutritional value. Um, raspberries and blueberries are high in antioxidants. Um, I encourage my clients to um, eat gluten-free whole grains. Whole grains are great and you're going to get some fiber, but um, because uh, wheat can be so allergic um, and a lot of people have gluten sensitivity, I'm not talking about celiac, but just sensitivity to gluten, we Mm want to offer gluten-free whole grains. Um, And then things like beans, um, lentils, chickpeas, and then um, foods high in omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Um, So those are just sort of great general guidelines. And then I really help clients learn which foods support their body the best. Um, When it comes to PCOS, you know, I think that those same tenets really apply. Um, But there are some things that are more specific to PCOS. So um, consider it eating um, four to six small meals a day. So with PCOS, um, that's important because Um, It can help maintain blood sugar levels throughout the day. Um, With PCOS, it's helpful to eat a low sugar diet. And um, something that I tell my clients is that it's important to read labels because sugar comes in so many forms, right? Right. It can be called agave or corn syrup or fructose or sweetener. And so um, it's important to get to understand what what labels are saying in regards to sugar and and eating a low sugar diet. And then the other thing is limiting processed carbs. Um, Carbs are converted to sugar for energy. So you want to skip things like bread or pasta or pastries, rice, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then in the to-do list um, for PCOS, I would say to really eat healthy proteins at each meal. It's a great source of energy for your body. Right. Um, and healthy sources of protein include fish, poultry, beans, nuts, and seeds. So I think those are sort of my general takeaways. Nice. Yeah, those, those I feel are like pretty the mainstays of like a healthy diet um, and an and, uh, anti-inflammatory one. Um, are there any specific foods, for example, for men, um, you know, not saying that the man is infertile, but just kind of, you know, to help the, the couple to increase their chances. Sure, sure. So, you know, those, that approach that, um, that I talked about, I think is sort of a good general approach for anyone. The, okay. um, 
the, the whole foods, um, the, the higher in plant protein than animal protein. I think that those are sort of good guidelines for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think a good, um, a good example of that would, which a lot of people have heard of is the Mediterranean diet. Right. Um, that's kind of a good overall view. Um, I will say that I work primarily, actually like 99% with women. So mm -hmm. um, I know that there are foods for um, sperm health and for men's reproductive health, mm -hmm. um, but I don't have that off the top of my head. Okay. And anyway, it's fine because usually women, you know, whenever they change their eating, they, their partners tend to follow suit anyway, or like, you know, they're the ones that prepare the meals. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that we're talking about that. So besides kind of the food you were talking about, you know, lifestyle modifications, like sleep, um, exercise, um, what about stress management? I feel like that's, I feel like stress, you know, it's like a, a load of word but um what are you know what are the really like focused therapies that you would recommend for someone to yeah that's such an important question melissa because um when you're dealing with infertility and dealing with something like pcos and trying to manage it um you know your stress level just really can go haywire mm -hmm. so um Things that I love um, and that I, I encourage my clients to do, um, start out simple, you know, maybe it's a gratitude practice. You know, sometimes when you're dealing with infertility or PCOS, you know, you're focusing on what isn't working and what you quote unquote need to fix. And so I love a gratitude practice, which can be as simple as, you know, keeping a journal by your nightstand and at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, just jotting down a couple things that you're grateful for um, to just give yourself some good things to focus on. Um, there are some really great um, deep breathing exercises that are good to do um, just in the moment when you feel stressed, you can do them anywhere. Um, I actually have on my website, um, a couple of, uh, in a couple of blogs, some examples of um, some good breathing exercises. Um, I think those are two of the biggest ones. And then, you know, some people can get really into meditation. I love meditation. Um, for some people, yoga really works. I think mm -hmm. the key is to find what works for you and really try and stick with it. Yeah, nice. Um, and I've actually had uh, other people come onto the podcast before to talk about infertility. And two of them who I'm talked to, they actually do something called infertility yoga. So they use mm -hmm. kind of like fertility balls for like acupressure to yeah. kind of um, stimulate circulation in the pelvic region. So there are actually a lot of like ways to, um, you know, restore kind of the stress levels and, um, increased chances of conception. So what are some tests that women of reproductive years can do before trying to conceive? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that um, the first thing I would say is that, and, and if, a, if a client comes to me and says they have PCOS and, you know, I wanna make sure that they've gotten that information from a doctor, um, and so if they haven't seen a doctor about it, I, I really encourage that. 
um, to, to know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, the general rule of thumb is that if you're under the age of 35 and have been trying to conceive for one year, or if you're over the age of 35 and have been trying to conceive for six months and you haven't gotten pregnant, you should see a fertility doctor, a reproductive endocrinologist. But if there are other issues, like you're not getting your period regularly, something like that, you would definitely wanna get that checked out. Um, so some things that you can do on your own, um, you can chart your own ovulation with um, uh, testing your basal body, temp taking your basal body temperature every day, and that's something you can do at home. Um, or you can use ovulation predictor kits that you can just buy at the drugstore. Um, and I know that there are also apps that can help you track your cycle and track when you ovulate. So if you're thinking about trying to get pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant, it's really helpful to know when you're ovulating. Um, if you're trying to conceive and you're or seeing a fertility specialist, um, a fertility workup involves a physical exam. And then there are blood tests that, they, that they'll wanna do um, at certain times during your cycle. So um, there's one, it's called an FSH test that's used to evaluate uh, egg supply and ovarian function. Um, there's another test that um, measures egg quality. Um, there's something called an LH test that's done at the beginning of the cycle that will help um, diagnose hormonal imbalances. Um, and midway through the cycle, it can help um, detect ovulation. And then there's an AMH test that, um, that helps uh, determine your ovarian function and egg reserve. Um, and so, for example, if you had lower AMH levels, um, that can predict if you'll have a lower egg yield and a lower chance of getting pregnant if you're going to do IVF. So there are a bunch of tests that you can do, but I think if you're, you know, um, it depends on whether you are actually trying to conceive, whether you think you have issues, like you're not getting your period every month, so not ovulating. So there are some things you can do at home. Um, like I said, like the ovulation testing um, and cycle tracking, and then if you do go to a reproductive endocrinologist, those are the other tests that um, they'll most likely perform. Nice. That's a lot of resources. So in summary, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase what you just said. Um, if someone wants to try to conceive, they should definitely go get their physical exam, get some blood work done to check on their hormones and their ovarian reserve. Um, on the side, they should be kind of looking at their period health, if it's regular, um, looking at ovulation, using ovulatory predictor kits and whatnot. And you know, after like six months or up to a year, if they're over 35, if they're still unable to conceive, then they would go see a fertility doctor. Yeah, that's when they would go do that okay. blood, those blood tests and, and that exam mm -hmm. with the fertility doctor. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes there's too many options and too many mm -hmm. people that you know assist with this. So women are like, I don't know who to see first, or like. Do I, you know, do I go for treatment right off the bat and stuff like that? So I'm glad you laid it out for us. Good, thanks. Nice. 
So just to kind of wrap it up, um, I guess we talked a lot about, you know, how diet um, can influence our chances of conception, especially for PCOS women. And also to keep in mind that um, everyone's journey is not the same. We don't have the same symptoms. You know, everyone's reasons for, you know, maybe not being able to conceive right away is different. Is there anything else that you would like to add um, to, you know, just to women? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the thing is that, um, you know, this, this sort of whole body health, this holistic health, um, piece I think is so important, you know, we can get so caught up on, um, you know, whether it's the PCOS or, you know, sort of whatever our, um, diagnosis might be or issues might be around, um, fertility health that we can you know forget that our bodies are interconnected and that um you know there are other there are factors that can influence that it's not just about the diagnosis it's about really taking care of your whole body health um to support your fertility um in general that's awesome i love that you said that it's a Always back to the basics for everybody, regardless of whatever label, quote unquote label you have, right? Mm -hmm. So um, just as a fun question, you know, as everyone's staying at home right now, what's, what's a creative project you're up to right now? Hmm. Oh my gosh, that's a good question. So I don't know if this is exactly a project, but um, since we've been self-isolating, I was just starting to feel like I'm not moving enough. I, mm -hmm. I, I work out regularly. I do a mix of everything from like yoga to boot camp type classes, jumping rope. Um, and now I do classes virtually at home. So I just feel like I'm not moving enough. Um, I'm not a runner, but I decided in an attempt to move more and be outside more um, safely, you know, keeping my distance from each other, from other people though. Um, I've started doing the Couch to 5K program, which is a 90-day program to get you to the ability to run a 5K. Definitely not a runner, so Same I guess here. in that <laughs> sense, it is a project. It's been fun, you know, and I don't really expect to run a race. It's just been kind of a fun, personal challenge. So, nice. Is that, on yeah. the, um, is that an app or on the it's Nike an app. app? Okay, I have yeah. seen that before. Right. It's an app and it's, a, and there's, I just use the free version. I'm not trying to, you know, sell anything or promote yeah. anything, but it's been fun, but it's been really fun. That's such a good idea. Like just going out and trying something new. I love that. Yeah. So where can people find you if they have, you know, more infertility questions or anything like that? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I am, my website is um, jenredmond.com, J-E-N-N-R-E-D-M-O-N-D.com. And I'm also on um, Instagram and Facebook. You can find my handles on my website. Um, yeah. And I, um, I live in the Boston area, but I actually uh, see my clients virtually, as I guess we all do now. But um, right. I have from day one seen my clients virtually. So I, I um, see people all over the country. Awesome. Um, and also, do you have like a certain guide that you want to share with everyone? 
Yeah, sure. So I actually, um, just this week, am publishing guides on how to boost fertility when your fertility treatment is paused, like the situation that many of your listeners, I'm sure, are in right now. So these guides talk about how to boost fertility um, from a nutritional standpoint, from a lifestyle standpoint, and a stress mm -hmm. standpoint, and they'll be up on my website this week. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes so people can access oh, that. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. It was very um, enlightening. I think it was, you know, full of support. I hope people would kind of go back to the basic mindset of like taking care of their bodies and not get caught up in the whole, like, I can't get pregnant um, mindset and all that. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Melissa. I really appreciate it. It's been fun to talk to you.